Philippians 2 from the verse 5 um, that gives us the basis for doing what we want to do this morning. Philippians 2 from verse 5 from the King James Version of the Bible. Or let me even take it from verse 4 and you appreciate why we want to do what we want to do today. It says, look not every man on his own things. But every man also on the things of others. <laughs> this verse of scripture in the King James Version of the Bible reminds me of um, a story. I don't only believe it's a true story, but in the 90s, I remember specifically it was 1995, uh, a man of God came to a fellowship where we were all in at 37 and told a story that uh, there was this examination in the University of Ghana and um, here was this Christian brother who was, um, as it were, copying. He, he stretched off his neck, you know, looking onto uh, the decks of somebody who was by him and was sort of copying. So the invigilator walked to him and said, Why are you copying? It's wrong. I can suck you out of this examination hall. Then he quoted Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, that the Bible says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Can you imagine? Anyway, that's just by the way. Um, that's to tell you that sometimes we can create humor out of tense situations. Alright. But that verse actually means that don't just consider your own interests. Don't just live for yourself. You've got to live for a cause. Live by thinking of others as well. Have the interests of others at heart. Consider others in your plan and in your daily activities let uh, factor into your programming uh, thoughts about others we don't just live for ourselves I mean that is selfishness and and selfishness is not the fruit of the spirit it's of the flesh and God wants us to he said, bear you one another's burden so as to fulfill the law of Christ in the book of Galatians so we are supposed to bear one another's burdens we are supposed to consider others and even provoke them to love and into good works alright so look not every man on his own things but every man also on the things of others then he said in verse 5 let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus see Jesus Christ had a certain mindset a certain mentality when he came to the earth and God wants us to accommodate or adopt rather the same kind of mindset you see if we say we have the mind of Christ then let it be in you walk with this kind of mentality what was the mindset that says who being in the form of God in other words Jesus was God and in fact he is God thought it not robbery to be equal with God what does that mean it means that he it, 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 it wouldn't have been a robbery it wouldn't have been an offense it wouldn't have been you know the, the Israelites thought it has an offense for Jesus Christ to say that he is the son of God. It means that you being a man, you make yourself equal with God. When he said he is the son of God, he understood what he meant. It means that he is God in human flesh. And he felt that that was, that was the greatest um, um, blasphemy ever to be communicated. But Jesus Christ was right. That he is the son of God and he is God. But who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation. So though Jesus Christ was God and he is God, he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. 
Oh my God, think about it. And was made in the likeness of man. So God became man. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He was made in the likeness of man. That was the greatest humility you can ever appreciate or can ever behold. And verse 8 of Philippians 2 says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Oh. And became obedient unto death. Because that was his mission. God becoming man had one mission to die as a substitute for humankind. To die as a substitute for the Adamic race. To take our place, my place and your place. To carry my sin and your sin. To suffer the consequences, the punishment for our sin. That's my sin and your sin. Die my death and your death. And then because of that he went to hell. In my name and in your name. And paid the ultimate price. He met the demands of justice. All the demands of justice were met in him. He fully paid the price. And when he shed his blood. His blood was enough. Efficacious to wash away the sin nature. And so when the sin nature was washed away. Finally there was no more price to pay there was no more justice to be met and so he was he, i mean he, there was no more demand of justice so he he was justified in the spirit and was raised again as the new begotten the first begotten from the dead and he did it on my behalf and on your behalf think about it oh jesus i love you wherefore no i'm not in verse 9 verse 8 again he says that and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross there's an emphasis here the death of the cross was the worst kind of death anybody could be made to pass through it was a shameful death and in the case of jesus contrary to the pictures we see whenever they are showing you know videos in during easter jesus christ died naked in case you don't know, it was a naked death. It was a shameful death. Isaiah prophesied and said that we hid as it were our faces from him. Others were passing and would say, Aha, uh aha, -huh, uh -huh. this is the one that said that he is God. If you are God, come down. It was a shameful death. On the hill, in the hot sun. Thank God. I mean, it became dark from 12 noon to 3 p.m. Because God had also turned his back on him. Because of the sin nature, he had drunk into his spirit. That was the cup he dreaded. And the father turned his back on him. He cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he did it on my behalf and on your behalf. Think about it. The death of the cross. The shameful death. Naked. His garment was parted from him. And they, and they, and they, 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 they cast lots to know who would take the garment. Even when he said he was thirsty, the creator was thirsty. The one that created the sense of thirst. When he was thirsty, human beings, instead of giving him water, they gave him vinegar. Come on. Vinegar. And he couldn't take it. It was bitter. And he was thirsty. We did it to him. Don't say they did it. We did it to him, humankind. He said the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We did that to our Savior. All right. 
to the death of the cross. Verse 9 says, Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Oh, I love the name of Jesus. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Are you there? The name has been given to us. The name Jesus Christ. That at the name of Jesus every knee should. Should means there must be an insistence. Even when the situation says I won't go. You are saying you are going in the name of Jesus when the situation says that I won't bow, you say you bow in the name of Jesus. You use the name as an implement, as a tool, as a weapon in your hands. And you enforce the will of God. Because Satan as a rebel wouldn't give up that easily. So you enforce God's will like a law enforcement agent. But you do so in the name of Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in the earth, and of things under the earth. And that every tongue, whether it's in the heaven or in the earth or under the earth, all names are subject to one single name, the name Jesus. God has highly exalted him and given him the name. The New King James calls it the name. There is a name that is above every name. There is a name that is above that lack of peace, that lack of promotion. There is a name that is above that disease. There is a name that is above COVID-19. There is a name that is above any name you can talk about. Is it cancer? Is it diabetes? Is it a wound that or a sore that is not healing? There is a name that is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. There is a name that is above demonic harassment, demonic reinforcement, demonic attack, whatever name that you can call it. The name Jesus has been given to you and me that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in the earth, and of things under the earth. I think some version says of beings. In other words, whatever the situation is, whether it's a being or it's a thing, is subject to the name of Jesus. There is a name. God has exalted his word above his name. And he cannot lie. It is impossible for God to lie. If he says that the name has been given, use it. And this morning, can we use the name of Jesus? Can we stand in the name of Jesus Christ and resist that devil? Resist that sickness? Resist that poverty? Resist that shame? Resist that diabetes? Whatever the name is, you can resist it. You can stop it in the name of Jesus Christ. You can, you can, you can stand in that name and say, Satan, enough is enough. Get out of here. Get out of this home. Get out. Get out. In the name of Jesus Christ. Will we do that? Will you do that?